Welcome back. Today we're here with a returning Mostly Balanced guest. We have Alessia Scazzillo, who also goes by Alessia Sculpt, and she's the founder of A Sculpt Body. We were just chatting. I can't believe it's been two years almost exactly to the day since we had you on here. But I'm excited to hear about what's new in your life. But I always like to start just by having our guests introduce themselves. So can you start by telling everybody a little bit about you, where you're from, where you live now, and then a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, it's crazy because we talked two years ago and I was also in Florida for the winter. And I remember doing this podcast like in my little Florida place because um, I'm based in Toronto and I've been spending since I quit my full-time finance job and have been doing content creation and running my own business full-time. I've been coming to Miami for the winter. So I remember like sitting by the light doing this interview. So hi everyone, I'm Alessia at Alessia Sculpt on socials. I have an online fitness platform. It's Pilates inspired, like low impact sculpt workouts. And then I'm also a content creator I speak about fitness, of course, but that's just kind of one pillar of my content. I talk about balance wellness. I'm really about like eating the things, having the drinks, like living your best life while also making time to take care of yourself. And then a lot about body acceptance, uh, relationships and things. And I actually used to work full-time in finance for almost 10 years. I think I had just quit my job the last time we spoke. Like, very, I don't even know if I'd shared it with everyone on social, but I was working full-time in finance, really stressful, really intense environment. Um, started teaching fitness on the side for fun, ended up loving it. So I decided to make my online platform. And then I did both finance and fitness for two years. And then I ultimately decided to leave and pursue this life, this career full time. And that's what I've been doing since. Yeah. So that is really what we focused a lot of our conversation on last time. So new listeners definitely go back and listen to that episode. I'll link it in the show notes. But we talked so much about how like your path with fitness and it was so inspiring because from what I remember, it wasn't something that you were ever super passionate about throughout your life. And I think it was something that your mom was passionate about, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So my mom mm -hmm. passed away when I was 20 years old. And I started working out because the workout studio that she used to go to had this workout event, fundraiser event to raise money for the hospital that she passed away at, like a, an event in her honor. And I went to support them and like thank them for their efforts. And I did the workout class and like was super gassed, barely could make it through. I had never really worked out up until that point. I think a lot of people in the fitness space, they used to be athletes or, you know, like they're really, you were really active growing up. Like I was not that at all. My anything athletic I've ever done has been since that point. So um, in my 20s and now early 30s. So really different path than most traditional, I guess, fitness people have taken, which lends itself like it, it explains a lot as to like why I'm not your traditional fitness person on the internet. Like I am a regular girl who worked a regular office corporate finance job. And then now I'm really into fitness as a way to better my life. But I'm and that's what I share with my community. Like, you know, live working out so that you can live, not living to work out. And I think a lot of fitness people on the internet, they live to work out. And that's just like not me. Yeah, I love that you put it that way. And that's what I was about to say that having taken your classes before, like you said, it's a low impact workout. It's an amazing workout. Like it makes you feel great. But one of the things that I love that I do think makes you stand out is that you're not focused on like, this is going to change the way you look or this is all it's not like aesthetic driven. And of course, if you're working out like you are going to see changes in your body. And if that's what you want to see, that's a great benefit to have. But 
you focus so much on the whole impact it has on your total well-being, how it makes you feel and just everything like that outside of like appearance driven goals. So that's one of the things I really love about your program. Thank you. Yeah, the words I use all the time are like working out to feel strong, you know, to feel strong and be able to do the things you want to do in your life. Like if you have kids, lift your kids. If you buy groceries, like carry them home, like things, you know, things like that to feel confident because like, I, I used to find this like all the time, like I would be getting ready and I would feel kind of like garbage and just not my best. And then I would do a little workout. And then I was an hour later getting ready again, you know, for the for maybe work or to go out or whatever it was. And I would feel so different, like so much more confident. And, you know, nothing changed in my body in a one hour workout. But it's like that feeling of confidence of like committing to yourself and doing something really great for yourself. And then the other word I use is energize. Like my workouts are meant to give you energy for your life, not to deplete you. I've done a lot of workouts in the past elsewhere where I would feel really depleted. Like example, I would, I've done berries, you know, before when I like more like boot campy days before I was in the fitness space at all. And I would like need to nap after. And and (laughs) maybe that, maybe that works for some people, but for me, like, it's just not it. Like I like my workouts give me energy instead of take it away so that I can then go be strong, confident, and energized for my life. Yeah, it's insane the difference that different types of workouts or just movement in general can have. Like I used to only run. I ran marathons and half marathons and that was all I would do. But I was like constantly exhausted when that's all I was doing. And now that I mix in, like a lot of times more often than not, my workout is like going for a walk in the morning when I have a really busy day. And that does energize me and it also just makes me feel better. Like it just makes my mind feel a little bit more at ease. A hundred percent. Like I have started, I never used to do this, but when I'm travel now, I will do a walk or a workout in the morning. I never used to do that. I used to be like, oh, vacation is time to rest. And if you feel that you want to rest, rest. But now I'm at this point where I'm like, I actually feel like, it doesn't feel like my day, I don't feel awake. Like I don't feel like my Mm. day has started until I've just like, moved some like got the blood flowing in my body and whether that's like literally 10 minutes of some sort of workout like squats on just a couple things like if I'm in a hotel room or a you know a little coffee walk around the block like something because I just don't feel like me like my centered grounded awake self until I've done just a little bit of movement nothing crazy but like a little something yeah it's so true and one of the things that I love outside of your fitness program and that part of your job, what you do as a creator on social media, I feel like one of the things that you that sets you apart there is that you're like really open and just like really I hate to use the word like real but you are I feel like you're open about you were open about a breakup that you went through, which we'll talk about but you're also just open about your how you feel about your body and you're open about how you deal with anxiety sometimes. And one of the things I want to talk about is you have mentioned that fitness will help you kind of get out of your mind and into your body. But I'd also love to know what other things you do when you are feeling anxious. Yeah. Well, fitness is that when I'm feeling anxious or really low or in my head, for sure, fitness is my go to thing. I'm like, I've done it enough times now that I know a workout will get me out of that. <laughs> like this morning, I was actually feeling really low, really weird. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm based in Toronto. I'm in Miami every winter. I have some friends here, but like, most of my life is in Toronto. So if my friends here are unavailable, like I'm by myself, which is cool. I love being by myself. But when I'm by myself, the things that I love to do are get outside, go for a walk, go to the beach here. And it's been shitty weather here. So I haven't been able to do that. So I've been kind of like sitting, twiddling my thumbs a little bit, like <laughs> trying not to work because I don't, I'm trying to like take a bit of like a, a rest in February ish, my version of a rest, like a rest ish. <laughs> 
But anyway, so I've been feeling a bit off. And this morning I was like, just do the workout because you just know you're going to feel better. Like I've done it enough times now that I know it's like a big remedy. So that first and foremost is always what helps me. But then in, in the morning, taking quiet time to just be by myself, not rushing and enjoying my coffee, sipping my coffee, having my water like in peace. I do that. And if you can just do that, that's great. I also read a little passage of one of two books that I have and I do a quick little meditation. And the medit- whenever I say meditations, I feel like people just like check out a little bit. But I haven't <laughs> yeah. resonated with like any, I've done tried all the platforms and I haven't resonated with any except this one. And it's called Superhuman. I have a code, Alessia. And they're less meditation, more like pep talk. And so I'll like get still, do a five minute little pep talk kind of thing, five, 10 minutes. And that eases my anxiety that brings me back to this present moment and chills me out really, really quick. I'll go for a walk. I am like really religious about therapy. So I'll book like an emergency therapy session for the next day or a couple days later, which really, really helps. And I will also microdose sometimes, which has helped me a lot. And we can talk about that if you if you want to go there. I definitely want to go there. First, I want to know what the two books are that you read passages from. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is called Journey to the Heart. And there's a passage every single day. I'm on my fourth or fifth year recycling through it. Like there's a passage for 365 days of the year and you just like start again. So I've done that now four or five times. And then the one that I started integrating last year as the second book is called Find Your Happy. And it's daily passages, but they're not dated. So you can read one or you can read five in a day. I kind of read until I feel like a message has hit me. And then I put it down. And then I moved to my five, 10 minute pep talk meditation on superhuman. And that's my morning routine while I sip my coffee. I've realized that a lot of what gives me anxiety or one of the things that gives me anxiety is rushing somewhere. And so I'm like trying to give myself more time to do everything so that I don't feel this like, ah, like on someone else's schedule, but like be on my schedule instead. Yeah, which is honestly such a hard thing to do. So hard. First of all, I love all those tips. I'm going to link all of those in the show notes and put your code there for superhuman. I actually also have journey to the heart. And I think it's so funny. I think I'm on my third year. And like every year, even though I've read them before, I feel like they mean something different to me. Like I feel like it hits you in a different way. Yes, 100%. It always hits different. The same passage, depending on what point you're at in your life, could just like, you could either read it and be like, yeah, whatever. Or it could be like, oh my God, this is the most profound thing I've ever read. Yeah, I love it so much. It's such a great way to start the day. And I'm with you that like a lot of meditations just haven't resonated with me before. And I also feel like I kind of get like almost triggered anytime someone mentions their morning routine, just because like, I really don't have one. And I feel like I should. No, same. I have to like not look at people's content that shows morning routines. Cause I'm like, I know my couple of steps that work for me. And I just don't I get overwhelmed. And I get triggered. Also, even as a content creator, I'm like, I just don't. That's too much. Like I can't. I, I can't do the journaling and the meditation and the breath work and the workout and the everything. Like, no, for me, it's like the, the little book, which takes like 30 seconds to read, the meditation and the workout. And usually like if I'm working out at a studio, I'll walk to the, to the workout. If I'm working out at home, I'll just do a little walk like at some point in the day. And that's it. 
that's it. Simpler is better for me. Yeah. It's kind of like you take what works for you. So even if you're listening and you're like, Oh, one of those things sounds great. Try that. You don't have to like upheave your whole morning in, in order to have an impact. The little things can make a huge difference. Totally. But I want to hear more about microdosing. So can you tell me how you got into that and the benefits that you've seen? Yeah. So, um, I, I microdose and I also macrodose in a controlled environment. So how I got into microdosing was because I, I macrodosed and I went, I, I go to this wellness retreat facility. Um, just outside a couple hours outside of Toronto. And it's been really cool. Cause I've talked about it a few times on podcasts. I'm careful on Instagram cause I don't want to get like shadow banned, but on podcasts, I'm pretty open about it. And there's been people from all over North America that have flown to go to this center to do these mushroom ceremonies and have like messaged me being like, that was amazing. So that was really, really cool. I actually stumbled on it. I booked it as an Airbnb and then we started chatting. Yeah, we started chatting and I did several, I I did a ceremony then and I've done some more. And and so it's like a large, so I've done with them in a really safe, beautiful, controlled ceremonial setting, larger dose of mushrooms where you do it, you're with like 15 people in one room, you do it. And then you essentially go into this like meditative state, you listen to music, like recordings, sound bath, all kinds of different things throughout the evening. And you're really like faced with the things that you like, there's a saying, the mushrooms won't give you what you want, they'll give you what you need. So the stuff that needs to be healed, what you need to experience, you'll be faced with that. And you'll come out feeling like, whoa, like that was exactly what I needed. And so I did a few of those. And those were really transformative for me. And I feel like I healed a lot of things like my biggest like triggers, like a, abandonment kind of issues and things. And I, 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 I moved through a lot of that in my mushroom ceremonies. And then I kind of wanted to keep some of those benefits like going. And so I started microdosing a little bit after that being like, wow, look how amazing like those ceremonial experiences were for me. Can we bring a, even like 1% of this into my day to day? And I've been doing that. I do it like, it like depends on the stage I'm at in my life. Sometimes I'm doing it almost every day, which I wouldn't recommend for a prolonged period, but for a short period. Okay. And then sometimes I'm doing it once or twice a week, which is where I'm at now, where It's like, it doesn't change the circumstances of your situation, but it gives you like a better base, like a more stable base to like handle everything around you. So like something could feel like a really big deal. And then you'll do a little microdose or for me, I'll do a little microdose and I'm like, oh wow, okay, I can manage this. Like, okay, this is what I got to do, like, et cetera. And so it reduces my anxiety. It gives me like a sense of calm and peacefulness. If I'm having a hard time, it will take me to the baseline. So like if I'm in a place where I'm feeling low, it'll bring me to like my baseline where I'm able to do things. Mm. If I'm feeling baseline, it'll take me a little bit higher where I'm like feeling a little bit happier and just more stable and like able to figure out whatever is in front of me. Or And sometimes I just even do them socially where I'll do a little bit before I'm going out or something. And I've actually been loving that recently because I have been more stable in my emotional state, mm. but I just don't want to drink as much. And I find having a little microdose, I drink less. I definitely drink less. I'll have like a little microdose with like a couple drinks and I'll be like, great for the night where before I would have had maybe five drinks. So it's been helpful with managing my relationship with alcohol. Not, I've never had actually a problem with alcohol at all. I've always had And like my relationship to most things is very like, take it or leave it. Like I love food, but I'm okay. Like 
I, I enjoy drinks, but I don't need them, you know? And so same with mushrooms where I enjoy it. I find it helpful, but I don't feel like I, I don't need it either. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so into this. I feel like we could talk about this forever. <laughs> Do you feel like that has helped long-term with things like just self-love and confidence? Because I feel like you give off such a confident vibe that I just want to hear all your secrets. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like it has. The ceremonies have taught me that like, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And these are the lessons of my life. And I, I'm healing myself so that I can then share that with other people. Like, I think that's why I'm here. Like I'm here to have the experience kind of like with other people or before, and then share that mm. experience and what I've learned with other people to help them get through it. Like, I kind of feel like that's kind of like my purpose or my mission in my life. And I thought, I think before I thought that was specifically with workouts, because when I started my low impact fitness platform, like no one was really doing that. And I was teaching my community to work out differently. Now it's like become more popular. But at the time, like people weren't really doing that. And so I was kind of newer in that. And then now it's shifted to more things like getting a divorce. Like I got married when I was 27. One of the first of the people I knew to get married and also one of the first of the people I knew to get divorced. So that's like something that I'm doing before a lot of people. Like I've no doubt mm. in, thir in like 30s and 40s, there's going to be a lot of divorces coming up and I will have been there. And like, that's something that I went through, learned so much from and then share that with other people and like hopefully make their journey a little bit easier. That's such a good, I love, first of all, I love those examples and thanks for sharing that. And that's such a good mindset to have about it. That's like, I feel very similar to you in that way, because I feel like that's one of the reasons why I even started this podcast is that like, I do want to teach people through the things that I've learned and through the things that other people like you have learned. And I feel like that's such an important thing for you to realize. And it's so cool to see how it stemmed from you at first thinking that that was like just through fitness. And then it's like, no, this can be through every experience that I have. Like, of course, you'll learn and grow from it. But it's so cool to be able to help other people learn and grow from it too. Yeah. And I'm not shy to like talk about these things. Like I don't care. I think a lot of people are embarrassed. I think a lot of people are nervous. And I, I don't know where this comes from, but I'm like not ashamed. Like I'll talk about something and that is taboo and be like proud of it. Because I know it's like changing people's perceptions are making them in, you know, feel motivated or inspired or connected. And that, that's worth it for me to talk about these things than to not. Um, even if there's some people that are judging, like, I don't care. Like, and I think, I think I, I learned a little bit of this, like when I was starting my fitness thing, everyone around mm. me was like, that's a terrible idea. And then I started it and then it was going great. And everyone's like, Oh my God, you live this amazing life. Like you, you can work from anywhere and travel and you're on social, like so great. I wish I could do that. And I, I just learned that like, okay, like I can't really listen to what I, people's judgments because like, obviously they're wrong. Like, you know, like they were just, yeah. or they were wrong from my perspective in this. Like I actually ended up, you know, I love my life and my career now. So like, ugh, I just don't even care what people say. And I'm okay to talk about things that maybe aren't talked about in the hopes that it helps people feel connected. Yeah, well, that was one of the reasons why I was like, okay, I need to have her back on because I remember I saw you posted about getting separated initially when you decided to end your relationship. And that was a relationship that you were in when we last talked. I think it was a relationship you were in for what was it over a decade? Yeah, it was 12 years. Yeah. 
married for four together for 12. Yeah. So I was like, that's just so cool that you were like willing to just be so open and share that because as everyone says, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but so many things on social media are not like that. Like you're only seeing the best things and you're not really like learning and growing from people. You're just kind of viewing them as like this aspirational thing that like isn't realistic. So it's cool just to see somebody who's able to be so open. And I would love to just dive into that. So can you talk to share a little bit more about your decision to end your marriage and what went into that? Yeah. And just before I do, I want to say someone said this to me once and I, it really stuck with me that on social media, our podcasts or in life, really, there are people that are expanders that make you, you look at their life and you feel like, Oh wow, my God, it's amazing that she's doing that. Like I could do that versus people that are, and I don't know the opposite word, like constrictors, I guess. Mm. Like I, I, I just remember the word expander stuck with me, but like the opposite of that of like, Oh, that makes me feel insecure when I see that person's mm. content or when I hear this podcast. And I heard that and I was like, wow. Okay. Like I actually really want to be like an expander for ever. Like that's like, yes. that, that feels so right. And I heard that before I announced my split. I think before I was split, actually. Yeah, I think before I was split. And I, I it stuck with me so much. And now as I go through life things, I'm like, I want to be that. I want to share because I do want to be that expander to make people feel like they're, they can do whatever they want. You're not limited. So that's just something that I like, I live by. But um, yeah, my ex-husband and I were great partners, so much love and respect. We had this beautiful life together. We'll only ever say good things about him. And I think Sash know that like he would only say good things about me. Like we had this really beautiful relationship, but we just like were not on the same life path anymore. And for me, like it just did not fuel like my soul like I really felt like like stuck in it and like there was more out there for me and I didn't know what more was but I knew there was more and so I had the initial conversation with him and then we tried to make it work for a while by the end we both came to a mutual agreement that this just wasn't for us and it was so hard because like imagine it's like hard to leave a hard relationship but like one that's like really great is like arguably even harder Mm. so like why are we even breaking up like we would have conversations after our separation being like why are we even broken up like we love each other but it just wasn't the life path we were on and since then he's dating someone new he has been for a while he's super happy I've had many experiences that have been amazing that I wouldn't take back like I can't even imagine not having had the last year and a bit almost year and a half of like mm. my life. Like I just feel like I've grown and evolved so much. I've met all these incredible people, dated, my friendships have expanded and evolved. I'm living in Miami in the winter, like on my own, no problems, which is what I always wanted to do. But like, we were not all really aligned on that in the marriage. And there's just, my life has just, it, it's just like opened up so much. And I can't, yeah, I can't imagine not having done that. That said, it was like so hard, obviously, like we were so commingled and everything was together. And I really felt the pain like really hard going through it. And I still have moments, to be honest. I had a moment the other night um, of just like, whoa, like my, like, because we just, when you're with someone for 12 years, like it takes time Mm. to, you know, to move forward. And I feel like I have, but I definitely still have some sad moments. Like we were best friends. Like I miss my best friend more than anything, but I know we, I know that this is like the path for me, like a hundred percent. You can miss something and be sad about something and know that it's not for you. So I'm feeling really good, honestly, really, really good. I really love to hear that. I, well, first of all, did you ever live by yourself before? Yeah, I lived for, I guess only about a year. Mm. 
Cause I live with, I moved back in with my dad and my brother when I graduated college, cause my mom had just passed away. So I lived with them for a couple of years. Then I moved to New York for a little bit with work. And then after New York, I lived with a friend. Um, and then I moved in with my, uh, now ex-husband. So yeah, I lived in between like being with my family and being with my ex-husband. It was about a year where I was in New York and Toronto living with friends, but I was like 23. <laughs> yeah. It's like a different life. <laughs> like it's like not as like a fully formed adult you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Obviously there's like so many elements of it. And like you said, there'll be moments where you feel sad about yeah. it, but it's really cool that now you've grown into like your true self and you've done so much like work on yourself. It seems like you are just very, really secure in who you are. And now you get to like experience life as that person, like on yeah. your own, which is 100%. so cool. And also date and attract the kind of person that meets me at this new level that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really important is like, I've worked on myself to get here and now I'm attracting people that are here not people that are here which like when I first started dating I feel like was kind of like that because I was really vulnerable really not unsure not stable on my feet like that was yeah like over a year ago now I I don't think I was attracting like I mean I, I met a lot of great guys actually but like in terms of for example the ex that I dated um last summer the breakup that I was pretty open about on social with who ended up being super toxic, super manipulative. Like, I don't think I would have put up with that at all now. Yeah. It's so funny. It sounds like you had like this whole, like so much experience in this one year that I feel like a lot of people have like throughout their like whole twenties or something like that, but it's like yours was like packed in. Yeah. That's actually exactly what it was. It was (laughs) one year of like intense learning 8 million lessons in dating that and relationships that most people learn across their twenties. Decade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I so I'm 34, and so I dated in like my 20s, and I dated like my early 20s, my late 20s, and then like my early 30s, and now I've been in a relationship for a little over a year. But like, it is crazy. I I just like stop and think because I went through so many times where I was like, oh, I'm never gonna meet someone, or like, why do all my friends have like they're getting married, and like I haven't. But then when I was like kind of flipped my mindset and I started, I was dating. I felt like I was like out there dating as like a new person suddenly in my early 30s, and I was like this is so cool. I actually like, know who I am. And like, I don't have to waste yeah. time on the people that aren't a match for me. Like I was kind of just like floundering around in my twenties. And then it's like, Oh, you're yeah. secure and who you are. A hundred percent. I did a Q and a, I've been answering a lot of questions on my social lately on my stories. And someone was like, a guy said that he doesn't see this happening, but how do I move on? Something like this, something about like, what do I do? And I think a year, a year ago, I like, would have, if that happened to me, like I would have been like, why not? And tried to convince them. Now, any ounce of that, I'm like, I'm like grossed out by it. You know, like yeah. I think that's really important is like getting turned off by someone not choosing you. If someone's iffy, someone's not sure, someone's not in, it's like instead of trying to convince them, it's like, no, like I don't want that. Like I don't, this is like boy mm. behavior. This is not man behavior. And I want a man. So yeah, exactly. Which is something that like, you feel like you only really learn through experience. A hundred percent. But also, so I want to, so it sounds like you and your ex-husband were just really like You were both like just growing on separate paths and not growing on the same path, which I feel like so many couples can grow on the same path. But like you said, like 
also during this next like decade, I'm sure a lot of people that both of us know will end up getting divorced because like they can't really, they got married young and they can't do that. So what do you think were some signs that you guys just had different life paths or like you weren't growing together, you were growing separately? I think because I'm always really careful about like speaking respectfully of him. So always keep like, so just keeping it really high level. I feel like it really came down to he by nature is a very no person. Like his instinct is always no. Like if I say, I want to do, can we do this or this? What do you think about this? It was like the instinct was no. And I, by nature, I'm a very yes person. I'm very open. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. Okay. Well, that's different, but like, sure. I'm open to it. Like I'm very just like open to life. And I think that, I think when we were both in the, so he, he worked in finance, works in finance in like the corporate world. And I think when we were both in the constraints of that, it was a fit. And then when my life opened up and I could choose, which he was super supportive of, actually the only person who was always supportive and I will forever credit him for that. But when my life opened up and suddenly I could do anything, I wasn't in the constraints of the finance corporate world. And then that there became a more visible gap between my openness and his closeness. It was always Mm -hmm. there, but it became more obvious and visible where I would be like, I'd love to, you know, spend some time, say in Florida in the winter, I know you're working full time, but can you maybe come once like on every other weekend for a month, maybe you come down twice, we may figure it out. But like, I'm get really sad in the winter and whatever. And like his instinct was always no was kicking and screaming as just like one example. And that played out in a million different ways. And so I think, you know, I hope that he's now in a situation where like he's met someone that is working in those same constraints. And I hope to meet someone who is in this more like open Mm. mindset of like, we're a partnership and whatever like we are going to do in our lives, we'll figure it out. But like, let's see what comes. Yeah, that's such a good example because I feel like it's so true what you said that like hopefully then he'll meet someone who is in that same mindset. Like yes. it doesn't mean one of the mindsets is wrong. It's just like those types no, of people no. then probably wouldn't really work well together if it's like an opposite in that in that way. Exactly, exactly. And like I do need someone who will balance me a little bit, like who will check me a little bit, who will be like, really, is that a good idea? That's great. I, I I do benefit from that, but the core is someone who is like open. Like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, but there's some logistics that we need to figure out. That to me is very different than like, absolutely no. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree. I feel like I'm more like yeah. you in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so when did you know that you were ready to date after that? And when you did start dating again, what were you dating for? Like, was it just to have fun experiences or did you want to get into another relationship? Uh, no, I was dating to have fun and just like explore myself and mm-hmm. men for a while and just like honestly fuck around, not in like a sexual way, but like just enjoy it. Yeah. And so I started getting back on, I, or I got on the apps for the first time ever, like a month and a half after we separated. And then I started going on dates maybe like two months after we separated. I really definitely gave myself the first month, month and a half to like fully grieve. I was like mm. a mess. And then I started to put myself out there and like, I, and then especially two months later, I came to Miami for the winter. So that would have been last year. And I just like 
especially being in Miami in a different city, kind of vacation mode, kind Mm -hmm. of not. I really just put myself out there and had the time of my life dating. The experience in Miami is also different. The men are very like open and fun. And I just think it was exactly what I needed to really Mm -hmm. like have fun. And I did that. um, And I had a lot of fun meeting all kinds of different people, dating on the apps, meeting people in person. I met a great person. I went on a trip in April. I met someone amazing. We ended up having this like few months kind of thing in multiple cities. Like I was just like, honestly, truly living my absolute best life. (laughs) And then um, there was someone that I had met earlier in the year that like even with all these other guys that I was meeting really stuck with me and we reconnected um, in the late spring, early summer. And we, we decided to officially date and that's the guy that I dated. And that was my first relationship post my marriage. He turned out to be really different than what I had thought. And I'm lucky I realized that really quickly. Um, He turned out to be like emotionally, verbally abusive, like pretty toxic, super manipulative, just like really bad news. And I I got out pretty quick, like within two months of us officially dating, which I'm really grateful for. After taking some time to really grieve that and just like wrap my mind around what happened, it was so shocking. I got back into dating, but that the next time it was different. I was like not trying to just go out with whoever to have fun. I was being really intentional about it. And I was really dedicating my time um, and energy to people who I thought were like really worth it. That's all I'll say on that for now. (laughs) I'll have to have you back again so you could share more. (laughs) (laughs) But so about the relationship that you've been pretty open about and the one that you said ended up being toxic. How did you know it was toxic? Um, I was in a constant state of anxiety Mm. and had butterflies in my stomach and was super like nervous, anxious, like a lot. And he would be that. So that was how I felt. So I think that's important because that's the most important thing. Like someone could be great, but if you don't feel good, like my nervous system was not calm at all. It was the opposite. I was so scared every day that I wasn't going to hear from him again. And that's Mm. not like now that I've, I've had not that. I know that that's like, that's not it. Um, and then from his perspective, his, his he was so unpredictable. His he would either be his mood either be great or it would be terrible. He was really blaming on me. He would pull away and come back and and say really call me mean things, say terrible things, ignore my calls if he was upset, shut down. Like did not not emotionally mature. Didn't know how to communicate. Didn't know how to be vulnerable all of those things. And so uh, we, there was a pretty explosive, like explosive situation that happened in Europe, which is when I shared with everyone what was happening for the first time I shared in real time. Um, and he just really turned out to like, and it got to the point where I was scared. Like mm-hmm. there were, I was really scared right at the end there, like physically. And so I ended up blocking him and just like cutting it off. And I'm really glad that I did that after just two months of officially dating. I think if I had been in it longer and given him another chance, which of course he asked for and came back and apologized and all these things, um, I think I think it would be really hard, much harder to leave the longer I stayed. Yeah, good for you for just ending it and actually sticking to that because I definitely I have one toxic relationship in my past that I did like the opposite and I was like a lot younger, but it does it becomes harder and harder. Yeah, and I don't and I I want to be clear like I it was so hard to not go back like to give him one more chance, you know, and so I don't judge anyone who does that. It's like really really hard. I feel like now because I had that experience, I can really empathize with people who are in that situation. But I'll say something 
um, that I've never said anywhere. I had with him a bit of a, um, I've only ever told like a couple of my close friends, but I had like a, a bit of a pregnancy scare. And mm. I remember being like, oh my God, if this is real, then this person is going to be the father of my children. Like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. I just knew. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. It's like that had to happen because it's like, oh, wait, no, if this is if this would be that bad, then like this relationship is not it. Yeah, I was I remember being like, what if I had what if I had the baby? Like not it was like a light pregnancy scare. I was like, if if something happens to me and my kids are left with him, like I would die. Like I would die. Mm -hmm. Like this person is not who I trust with my kids. So absolutely not. So Yeah. yeah, that was very clear. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's signs like that, that like, and those gut instincts that I feel like you just have to listen to. Did you have friends that you really leaned on during, like, even when you were in the relationship and then when you were healing from the breakup? Yeah, um, definitely. And I had sort of different friends, some like tough love friends, some that were more like comforting. um, And I really, I really leaned on my friends and I recovered from it, I think, because of all the work that I had done on myself the couple of years prior, I actually recovered from it pretty quick. Like within a month, I was like, okay, like I can start dating again. Like I'm feeling pretty stable. Um, and I think that's the, that's credit that I owe to like all the years of therapy and all that before. Yeah. And that's such a good distinction just to say that you had different types of friends because that's like super important. Not every friend has to be one that like makes you feel like so comforted. Some of them need to be the tough love friends because that yeah. in a way is really good for you as well. Yeah, some of my friends were like, you know, holding me while I was crying. And some of my friends, like one of my really close friends was like, I don't care what you think of me. If you think that you're going to go and see this man again, I will physically come and stop you. And I don't care if you never talk to me again, because this is actually like really serious and dangerous for you. And that was when I heard that, I was like, whoa, she's like, I don't care if our friendship is over. I will literally stop you. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is really serious. Do you feel like you were the tough love friend? Like if it was another friend going through it, what would you be like? No, I think I would be the, yeah, whatever you want, it's up to you. But like, this doesn't feel safe. And like, I don't think this is Mm, best for you. Yeah. You did a really great post, which I'm going to link in the show notes about the things that you did learn from the breakup. Can you just share a couple sort of like just things that will make people feel like, oh, every breakup does teach you something. Yeah, I think I posted about I, I did that pretty soon after which I'm glad I did because all the lessons were fresh. It was like you can't change a man, even if you think that you can let him show you I'm still pulling it up. But I'm trying to remember what I said, let him show you who he is fully before you like really fall for him. When he shows you who he is, believe him. Oh, you can't love someone into treating you better. Someone can want to give you everything, but they aren't capable of it. Not to close my heart just because someone broke it. Um, oh, it doesn't matter why someone did something. It matters how they make you feel. The state of my nervous system says a lot about the relationship I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then people want to have to want to heal themselves. You can't make them. Oh, if I'm questioning it, I already know the answer. Yeah, that's such a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. This is a good one. I trust myself enough to know when it's time to walk away. I think I was, I was, I was starting to like red flags, red flags with him. And then at a certain point it was like, okay, I got to go. And I think just trusting that at, at the right time I will leave is really good that I tr- like to trust yourself enough for that. Yeah. I think that's such a good reminder. I think yeah. that so many of the questions that I get is like a paragraph of all these red flags. And then at the end, like, so should I end it? And it's like, you know, that you should, I feel yeah. like you can tell from the way that they've written it, yeah. that they know they want someone else to tell them to, but like, yeah. if you know, in your gut, then go with it. 
A hundred percent. And no one can make that decision for you. You have to make it. Yeah. And if it's not time yet, it's not time yet. But that time, a moment will come and then you've got to act on it. Yeah, I agree. Before we do a few really quick polls, you you mentioned that now when you got back into dating after that, you were being a lot more intentional. So what do you mean by that? Like, how did you approach dating differently, whether it was making your app profile different or just like screening people differently or being different on dates or whatever it was? My app, I changed the way I set up my app profile, went into more depth about myself and really shared like more about me and what makes me different and what I'm looking for, I guess. And if someone was more superficial, they would have, it would be too much for them and they would have scrolled right past it. And I didn't want someone superficial. I wanted someone with depth. And then the way I screen people for sure, looking for that same depth in their profile. And then also really paying attention to how those initial few messages and conversations went either in the app or on text, quickly moving it over to text and quickly moving it over to more than that. Oh, one thing I started doing that I think is so important. I started having a phone call with men. Yes. Before a first date and any good guy didn't bat an eye at it. I, he'd be like, you know, or they'd be like, um, like, can I take you for coffee or for a drink or whatever they were saying? First of all, if they said coffee, I would immediately be like, how about a drink? I'm not a big fan of coffee or walking <laughs> days. Um, but when they would say that, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. I um, would love to hop on like a quick call and get to know each other a little better before that. Like how's Monday at 7 p.m.? And within five minutes of talking to someone on the phone, I knew if they were worthwhile to meet in person. And it just saved so much. My therapist gave me this tip. It saved me so much of my time and my energy. Because like a date is not just a date. It's like the two hours you're on the date. By the way, I never stay on a date longer than two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I follow We Met at Acme's rules quite a bit. Um, my friends <laughs> it's like It's like doing your makeup, doing your hair, going to the date, coming mm. home. Like it's a whole five hour event. Like really, by the time you like do the whole thing. So I would, I really loved having those phone calls so that I could figure out if it made sense for me to spend my time doing that or not. Would you keep the phone calls brief though? Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. After 10 or 15 minutes, I would know whether I'd want to go on a first date with someone. So I like, as soon as the conversation came to like a natural lull point, I'd be like, okay, great. Well, would love to grab, get a drink. Um, I'm free on Wednesday night. Let me know what you're thinking. Yeah, and it is like it's all the time getting ready. Oh my gosh, I feel like it's just not worth it sometimes. And like the excitement of thinking it's going to be something and then it's not and then, you know. Yeah, 100%. Okay, I want to end quickly with just like a few quick polls. So this is one we did on our stories a few days ago and people shared their quote, unpopular dating opinions, and then people voted if they agree or disagree. So just tell me if you agree or disagree with each of these. So the first one is kind of similar to what we were just talking to talking about. But so you'll know within 10 minutes of a date if you're going to have a second date. Yes, I agree. Or well, not if you're gonna have a second date, but if you want to have a second date, it obviously depends on like the other side of it. I feel like that's a distinction. Yeah. Okay. In a male female relationship, the guy needs to put in more effort in the beginning than the woman. Yeah, I think define, I'm like, obviously, like asking questions of that. Um, Yes, I would agree. Because I'm really into like leaning into my femininity with dating. And like, I want, it depends what you want. If you want like a masculine man, which I do, like, I want to be the feeler and then the doer. So like, they're planning things, I'm feeling things. So that I like, that's how we connect is like my emo, you know, I putting out the emotion and then they reciprocate and then they're putting in the effort. And that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. It took yeah. me so long to learn that about sort of masculinity and femininity and like staying in my feminine energy. 
because I wouldn't naturally yeah. do that. And so then I would attract guys that didn't have that like masculine energy that I wanted. And you kind of have to pull back a little yeah. bit to get that. Same. I agree. So like doing less as a woman early days, I think is more likely to attract that kind of man. And like, I'm good. I do things a lot in my day to day, but I, I, you know, I'm obviously like have my business and all these things, but I don't want to be that doer. Like when I come home Mm -hmm. to my significant other, like I want to be soft and like, um, and really like relax into it. And so I think setting that precedent from the beginning is really important. And like, like not, not contributing to the relationship, but contributing in the, to the relationship in like a different way in an emotional feelings, like lover kind of way. Yeah. So many men got mad about this poll. And it was so funny. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you put more in- effort into planning, but like, think of all the effort that we put into like getting ready for the day and all the things that we do to make us like feel good for a day and feel good in general. That's effort that we're putting in, but it's like a different kind of effort. A hundred percent. Okay. So a couple more, it doesn't matter if you're not physically attracted to them on the first date, if you get along well. I would give them a second date if I wasn't physically attracted, but then after a second date, if I'm not starting to feel it, cause usually like if you're connect, if you're feeling connected, you'll feel a physical attraction. So if it's not coming there by the second date, like, no. Yeah. I think there's a difference between like major fireworks and just like no physical connection. I feel like you need to have like a little yeah. bit. I agree. I agree. But I also think like, I think you don't need to be like certain about someone. I think it's like, is it enough to go on a second date? And if their personality is great and there's a great connection, then that's enough to go on a second date and see if there you could build a you know you could explore a physical connection maybe you see a different side of them in a different kind of date or something okay this was amazing honestly thank you so much i feel like we talked about so many great things that are going to be so relatable to a lot of people so i appreciate you being so open thank you so much i definitely said a few things on here i've never said before so listeners get a scoop um i'm excited for this episode to go live thank you so much for having me i love talking about dating stuff and it's like i don't do it enough on that note tell everybody where they can find you can you remind us of your handle yeah at alessia sculpt on instagram and tiktok and then a sculptbody.com um for my workout platform i have a seven day free trial i have over 300 workouts sculpt strength um, stretch and cardio low impact classes. Amazing. And we'll link that all in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is great.